You're listening to the Weekend Sport Podcast with Jason Pine from Newstalk ZB. The announcement on Tuesday afternoon down on the Auckland waterfront that the City of Sales would have an A-League team and the licence has been granted to the American billionaire Bill Foley. From season 24-25, they're going to start at Mount Smart. There's all sorts of talk that Bill Foley wants to build a stadium He's building one in Bournemouth, wants to build one on the Auckland Wharf as well. We know we talked yesterday about the stadiums in New Zealand and how much of a discussion point that is. But wanted to get the A-League commissioner on the program this week to outline exactly why they have chosen Bill Foley and why they've chosen Auckland for an A-League expansion franchise. Nick Garcia joins us on the line now. Nick, uh, thanks so much for your time with us here on News Talk ZB this afternoon. Thank you for your time. Great to be on. Well, a big week for you. We've uh, had the announcement that uh, Bill Foley has the license for the new Auckland entry into the A-League. I guess from your perspective and the A-League's perspective, how happy are you to get this uh, squared away and uh, have the Auckland team on track for next season? Yeah, look, we're, we're delighted. It's um, As all these things are, you see the tip of the iceberg when the announcement gets made, but there's a, there's a huge amount of work that goes before that. And for us, it was really important that the next phase of expansion for the A-Leagues took us to new markets, and particularly markets that we knew would do really well from an A-Leagues club. And there's a huge amount of background research that's gone into this, both in a kind of ivory tower way of us kind of crunching data and looking at the perfect environment to stand up a club, but also spending six months engaging with the football community here in Auckland. And we're, we're really excited about Auckland as an A-Leagues market and, um, and couldn't be happier we've got a deal done and, and I think particularly bringing to my second point is the right market but it's really really important you've got the right owner and in Bill and his team it's been an incredibly easy process to go through this kind of um, this, this agreement and get him on board uh, and a very fast one as well uh, and, and Bill bring fantastic global sports IP clearly in football through the likes of Bournemouth and the Premier League which is the world's biggest league as well as in league arm and, uh, and allows the Auckland team to fit within a, a multi-organisation, which is clearly de rigueur in football right now. Um, but also in terms of credential expansion, he established the Vegas Golden Knights in NHL uh, six years ago, and he committed to winning the Stanley Cup uh, in six years. And I met him for the first time here. And the first thing he did is give me the Stanley Cup winner's ring to see. <laughs> so a really impressive individual who's got a great reputation in the industry of doing what he says he'll do. And we're, we're delighted to have him in the edit. You talk about that research there. What has your research told you? Is it that Auckland is an untapped market in terms of football? Yeah, very much so. I mean, it, it, just at kind of starting at a macro level, it's with 1.7 million people. Auckland's the biggest um, kind of conurbation in the region that hasn't got an A-League team right now. Um, on top of that, that population has grown quite dramatically um, since we've last had kind of top-flight football out here. And I think critically, the, the demographic has changed. It's a very diverse city. Um, and football loves diversity. It's the global game. It's an ability to bind and unite people. Um, and we feel that a lot of people that have come into Auckland have come from football first nations, but actually the, the participation numbers in Auckland and for some time in Auckland have been incredibly high in, in football. And we know from that, that something like 90% of A-League fans will have played football previously. So we can already index from that. So we look at population size, we look at fandom, we look at football participation, all those numbers index really well. 
um, in Auckland, but you've got to have a decent place to play, right? Um, playing in huge, old, cavernous stadiums isn't great. I think we've got some good stadia here in, in Auckland that the, um, that the team can get off to a flying start in well-placed, rectangular stadiums, good sizes. So that was, that was a key point as well. Um, as well as a number of other kind of smaller factors around kind of government support, community alignment, football parent support, and and we were overwhelmed with the the, the support we got for this club when we started to engage with the football community on the ground. So yeah, it ticked all the boxes. Please, uh, Bill Foley's talked a bit about uh, building a stadium down on the Auckland Wharf. Did that play into your considerations at all? It, w- it wasn't even a factor. It wasn't part of the bid. Um, we the bid in itself stood up without it. Um, I mean, look, we'd love to have um, the best possible stadium to play our matches in. So we, we'd be you know, fully supportive that he was to go down that route. And I think you know one thing we did find um, when we did engage with the football community in Auckland through those six month period is that you know that it felt like Auckland was crying out for a new stadium in the, in the city centre to reactivate it. So yeah, we'd be supportive of that. But it wasn't it wasn't a part of the bid now. What mechanisms do you and the new ownership uh, group have in place? We've had A-League teams and NSL teams in Auckland before, the Kings, the Knights of old as well, that, that haven't worked. What do you have in place to make sure that this is a success on and off the field? Oh, a number of things. I mean, it starts with everything I've just said about picking the right markets and the right territories and places we know they can succeed. The second thing is getting the right owners with the right plan. If any owner comes to you and the first question they ask about is how many superstar marquees they can sign from Europe, you've got probably some early warning systems. If they're talking about how they really engage the community to stand up a sustainable club, then it's all ticking the right boxes. So I think the process is really important in that and getting the right owners out of that process. But similarly at a league level, you know, we're doing an awful lot right now to enable and support clubs centrally through our, uh, what we're calling our club services function, which is all about using kind of world-class marketing tech data that allows them to hold fan data, communicate in the right way to the right fans and really kind of drive them. That's just one example, but we do a lot centrally now as well. So I think, you know, that'll help. But I, I actually, you know, looking at looking at Bill and his team, looking at this club, I think they're, I don't think they're just going to survive. I think they're going to, I think they're going to raise the game. How important is New Zealand football to all of this, the organisation? Is there pressure on them a bit as well to, to make two professional men's teams work in New Zealand and, and latterly two women's teams once that team gets off the ground? Yeah, look, I think the pressure's on us as the A-Leagues, right? We've, um, but throughout this whole process, I think one of the first people we met when we got on the ground uh, in in Auckland to start our DD like, was Andrew Pragnall and uh, Laura Mendes as well because it's really important you know, this may be a team that plays in the A-Leagues, which is a Australasian league, but they're going to set up a team and they're going to play in a pyramid within within Auckland. So it was really important to get that alignment and to get the right structure. Um, but no, I mean, I would say that the um, North Region football, New Zealand football would be nothing but supportive and, and collaborative in this process. One of the lines in the media release says it obviously needs sign-off from the OFC, the, the Asian Football Confederation and FIFA. There hasn't been too many tangles about that in the past. Obviously, the Phoenix can't play in the, the Asian Champions League. Do you expect any tangles as a result of this, or is this basically a fait accompli? I, I don't expect any tangles. I mean, this is part of the FA process, the approval, but no, um, everyone's very comfortable where we're at. Um, so, no, I think that that'll be, that'll be absolutely fine. I'm sure there's been conversations had between the FA and those organisations in the background, don't I? 
Nick Garcia with us on News Talk ZB. Nick, just a couple of final questions if I can. Uh, you've got two teams now in New Zealand. They're both based in the, in the North Island. Do you see future expansion on the cards in terms of um, you know the South Island um, being on the cards for you? Look, I, I would I wouldn't rule it out. I think for us, um, you know, having a second team in New Zealand is is more just more just having a second team. Right? It's, we're we're going to lean into New Zealand as a market, the A leagues, um, and uh, and make this you know gen, genuinely an, an Australasian league. Um, we'll do we'll do two more rounds of expansion. Sorry, as in one round of expansion for two teams after these two we're doing right now. Um, how we run that expansion process, I think it was really important for these two to be specific about the markets we went into. We may open it up a bit going forwards, and uh, and I would welcome bids from anywhere that tick the right boxes in terms of football fandom, infrastructure, and the right owners by, by all means. And yeah, I definitely would rule out another New Zealand team in the future. And finally, Nick, what's next in terms of this? I mean, it's a relatively short runway. It sounds like the coach is in motion and various things. But, um, you know, it's, what, 10 months till we get on the field with this Auckland team. Uh, how, how confident are you that everything's going to be in place for, for round one next year? I, I'm 100% confident. I think a couple of things. A, you've got an ownership group who know football inside out and have all the necessary connections. And you see, to your point, you said they're moving very fast already. Um, they need to mobilise in time to start having conversations with players that are coming off contract to the end of the season by January. That's the kind of first milestone they've got to hit. I think they're in really good shape to do that. Um, and, you know, if you take kind of president from previous, we stood up um, Western Sydney Wanderers in four months. And they actually won the uh, won the, the regular season that, that season. So, yeah, I, I think these guys are in good shape. I think they're going to be absolutely fine. Fantastic. Well, Nick, uh, look forward to chatting again as uh, the wheels uh, really do speed up for this new team. Thanks for your time on uh, News Talk ZB this afternoon. Likewise. Been a pleasure. Take care. Thanks, Nick. Nick uh, Garcia joining us. He is the A-League Commissioner talking about this new team, which has been launched this week. Don't have a name as yet. I don't think they're too far away from getting a coach slash manager appointed, and they're going to be in action next summer. Having had a few days to ponder, how are we feeling about this? Will and how will it work? I mean, the Kings fizzled out big time in the old NSL. The Knights came in. The old Knights, that is, not this new team. They got their license revoked, if I recall rightly. That was 16 years ago now. Can professional football work in Auckland? We know there's a load of football players in Auckland. A lot of fans. Seen the All-Whites get decent crowds versus Australia Last year, the FIFA Women's World Cup, the crowds came out for that. So what are the keys to sustaining the success of this new Auckland A-League team? Can New Zealand have two professional A-League teams? For more from Weekend Sport with Jason Pine, listen live to News Talk ZB weekends from midday or follow the podcast on iHeartRadio.